we're going to move right into this. I'm going to make it quick because uh, I really want to give uh, some of our young people an opportunity to share. And I think that you'll get a lot more out of what they have to say than what I have to say. Uh, but nevertheless, I don't want any of you to think I didn't do my job this week, so I'm going to preach for just a few minutes. We've been looking at the early church, trying to look at their life and the doctrine that they preserved in the New Testament, and hoping that that will give us a perspective on uh, maybe just a more accurate picture of what we should be believing about Jesus and about the scriptures and about life. Um, it's, it's easy to misunderstand certain things in the Bible, especially because time and culture have removed us pretty far from the original context in which things were said. And so uh, today I just want to look at uh, a lesson from the early church concerning the role of apostles in the church. I think a, a commonly misunderstood concept is this idea of an apostle, this role or this office that we see in the church. You know, some years ago I was working at a church and, uh, and I had the delightful opportunity of intercepting a guy who had wandered into our building and was ready to, uh, to take over the service. Uh, he had his own business cards that had been made up that had uh, the title of apostle on them. And he let us know that as an apostle, he was coming to the church to bring the word of the Lord to us today. Uh, he did not make it past the foyer. Um, <laughs> but needless to say, he thought that because he was an apostle, it was his job to go from church to church and, uh, and tell them all the things that they're doing wrong and set them straight. Um, in scriptures, the title apostle, the, the Greek word that we see there is, is a word that means one who's sent out. Um, and I believe in the scriptures that word can be, when it's written, it's meant one of two different ways. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use capital, a capital letter and a lowercase letter to uh, bring distinction between these two different ways, uh, but that's not necessarily something that you'll find in Scripture. Uh, the first way we'll talk about is called the capital A, Apostle. And when the word is used in this way, it's referring to one of the 12 disciples that Jesus commissioned in Matthew 28 to go and preach the gospel. In Matthew 28, we read that the 11 disciples went to Galilee this is after Jesus rose from the grave. They went to Galilee to a place Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, in verse 17, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Then in verse 18 it says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So the, the 11 men who were there in that moment, who received this commission from God, who were sent by Jesus to go and proclaim the gospel, when we say big A apostle, we're referring to those 11 apostles. Early in the book of Acts, those 11 apostles decided to add a replacement for Judas, who had betrayed Jesus and committed suicide, and they chose a man named Matthias. And their qualifications for adding an apostle was it has to be someone who was with us from the beginning of Jesus' ministry and was witness to everything that he did. A little while later, it seems that Jesus calls and commissions Saul of Tarsus to be an apostle, later known as the Apostle Paul, to be added to it. 
So these 12 or these 13 or these 14 men, depending on how you count them, they all filled this, these big A apostles filled this very special role in planting Christ's church in the world. They had an influential place in the decisions that were made early on in the church's life and informing theology and the doctrine and even writing much of the scripture uh, that we have uh, in the church today. So in one sense, when we say apostle, we're referring to those uh, 12 or 13 guys. The other sense of the word is more along the lines of the meaning of the word, one who's sent or one who's sent out. The gospel was spread across the world because many apostles were sent. Oh, this is number two in your worksheets, kids. Sorry. Number two is the gospel spread across the world because apostles were sent. Number one was the title apostle simply means one who is sent. Got to make sure these kids get all their blanks filled in. So because there were many people in the early church uh, and continuing on today, who saw themselves or see themselves as heirs of this command given in Matthew 28, go and proclaim the gospel, because there's many who see themselves as people who are, you know, past the baton of that command and ready to carry it on, they, they moved into uncharted territory and began to proclaim the gospel in places that it had never been proclaimed before. They began to plant churches in the place the church didn't already exist. Paul lists this important role of people who were going where no Christian has gone before in his letter to the Ephesians. He's speaking of the gifts that God has given to the church, and he writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, and until we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Paul's saying there that we, God gave the church, apostles along with all of these other roles, gave these roles to the church, people to fill these offices in the church so that we can all be growing up and mature in Christ together. I think perhaps a more common word we would use today when we're describing people who are sent out or people who are sent to places where the gospel hasn't reached yet, a more common word we use today is not apostle. We would just say missionary. The word missionary is not in the New Testament, but missionary, the word apostle is. And the nice thing about the word missionary is it takes a little bit of that confusion out. It takes a little bit of that pressure off maybe that uh, instead of thinking of these people as as people who rule over the church and have this, you know, crazy divine authority that the original apostles had, we, we go, oh, missionary. No, I understand that. Those are the people who travel to countries where the gospel is not often preached. Or those are people who go outside of their home and go out and are sent out by the church to establish the kingdom in new places. Some years ago, a young missionary named Lauren Cunningham had a vision. He believed it was from the Lord. He had this vision of waves upon waves of young people going out and taking the gospel to the nations. And out of that vision, a ministry called Youth with a Mission was born in 1960. Youth with a Mission, this is number four for you guys and you're filling the blanks. Youth with a Mission is an organization that is full of missionaries. And so some of our young people got to join in and be another wave in that vision, you know, some 70 years or 60 years after it was initially started. 
Some of our young people got to go uh, on a mission trip facilitated by YWAM. They had some uh, training offered by YWAM leaders, and we had some of our own uh, little a apostles or missionaries going out. And today we get to hear from them because this is something else the church would do. They would send people out, the people would come back, and they would share about what God had done. And so I'm going to turn things over to you guys and let you have the kids share about what God, uh, the young people share about what God has done. I'll turn the microphone over to Apostle McKenzie. And then I'm going to turn it over to Apostle David. <laughs> okay. Hey, good morning. So um, we took these kids. Uh, we actually took double these kids. We had 14, but we're going to introduce these seven real quick. So I'm David. Hey, sorry, David. I'm going to interrupt. Can you guys stand back here when you talk so that they can see you on the live stream? Thank you. I'm still David, even up here. Um, this is Mackenzie. I think you know m- us, at least. Um, and I'm going to pass the mic down, and I'm going to run around and get it from the other side, and they're going to introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Alex Dieter. I'm the pastor's, pastor's kid. Oh. I'm Alan Dieter. I'm the pastor's nephew. <laughs> I'm Justin Beck. <laughs> Alan Jones. I'm Brody Dieter, and I'm the pastor's son. I'm Olivia Higgins. I'm Aaliyah Dieter. I'm the pastor's niece. And I'm Maya Higgins, and I am Tyler Higgins' daughter. All right. So these are seven of our kids. It was a 10-day trip. We were doing uh, a camp slash training combo pack for four days at the YWAM base in um, Cascade, Idaho. It was very hot. And then we went on to outreach for six days in Coeur d'Alene and Spokane area, so Idaho-Washington combo pack. Uh, We left bright and early the morning after church camp. The reason this is significant is because our memory verse for church camp the whole time we were there was... Alan, Alan. Go therefore and baptize the nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And make disciples of the nations. Yeah. So we get to camp, YWAM's camp, after our church camp, and we find again that the verse is, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So boom, right away, we have the same verse that we just had at our own camp. And I think God was just trying to get us to get the point. I mean, that's what I felt like anyway. And Through our talks, I think over and over again, we just were met with uh, obstacles, and maybe the students didn't even know, but we had a speaker that canceled two days before we got to Idaho. That's not very long to prepare talks, and yet we had this talk from Josh, who will let Alan talk about it, but he 
he blew it out of the water. I mean, it was amazing, wasn't it, guys? Our talks at camp were awesome. And it was just like God prepared a way even though they had a plan. And then it got destroyed. And so the talks that we went through, there were four main topics. And it was sound the alarm, untame the flame, and strike the match, and then wildfire. And Alan, did you want to talk a little bit on what that was? Um, okay, so that meant that or at first Josh was talking about how we're all part of one church movement, and in the big scheme of things, 100 years from now, it's not going to matter if I went to Redleaf and got that coffee. It's going to matter if I did what God wanted me to do and help somebody else get to know him and go to heaven. And then, so yeah, Strike the Match was just about like getting ready to go talk to people and then Fan the Flame was like really just making your point about God to people. And Wildfire was really spreading it to everybody. Wasn't that a good overview? Thanks, Alan. Man. Okay. And then we also, for our training portions, I mean, you guys, the YWAM staff, they're like 18 to 25-year-olds just teaching us things. So it was really cool. And one of the things that they taught us was to tell a Bible story. And now that doesn't seem like anything like, oh, cool, you read the Bible and then you did it. It was like, no, we like actually were in classes and fumbling over our words and messing up and doing it as a group and laughing and learning. And it was awesome. And we're going to perform one of those stories here for you now. So whoever is going to be performing that, you guys can come on down here and do that. And here's the mic. Jesus and his disciples were walking into Jericho, and as they were walking, they saw a blind man on the side of the road named Bartimaeus, and he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the crowd told him to be quiet, and so he cried out again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This time Jesus heard him and told him, okay, bring him over. What do you want? Rabbi, I want to see. Uh, your faith has healed you. On one of the on one of the nights, the YWAM staff actually they performed a, a passion play around the campfire at sunset. It was it was pretty intense. Um, and we took our sins and we got to write them on paper. And they actually took them to the cross and and put them on there, which was cool to see. Almost all of our students asked Jesus into their hearts for the first time, or at least a rededication. And nobody cried at all. I promise. So. So don't don't think we did. Uh, the next even, evening, we went into everyone's favorite night of the entire trip, uh, the prayer night. Would one of you guys like to talk about prayer? Livy, set the, set the scene. Okay. We walked in, and the lights were dim, and the cross was in the middle, and there was candles everywhere. And all the wire, and oh yeah, and the coins with a verse on it. 
Oh yeah, there's <laughs> there's music. Okay, so I got um, to talk with one of the YWAM staff. Her name was Hannah, and we just had a really long talk for an hour and a half, and then I got to meet up with some of our friends, and we just prayed and just got to be really real, and it was really good. Um, about half of the us who were there, it was more than half. There were a lot of us. Went with one of the leaders named Kayla, and we had a huge circle, and we just prayed for each other. And nobody cried at all. Nobody Not a single person. Um, it was really awesome. Like three people came up to me, and like I feel like like this has never happened to me before. That like uh, they said like God wanted me to tell you this, and they told me something, and like read a verse out of the Bible. It was pretty awesome. I also walked out. I left twice and came back twice. And each time, I like it felt like I had someone to pray for. Here, just say that. Um, I left twice and came back twice and uh, got prayed for more people and it was really awesome. Yeah, I think uh, if you were to ask a group of teenagers from a camp, we were at a camp for 10 days and everyone's favorite night was where we all cried and prayed together. I mean, that's Holy Spirit, right? Like, as an adult, being in that room, uh, watching kids that you know Jesus has a plan for them and you know that they can make big moves, but watching them start to pray for each other and see the need in the room, I mean, you can already see, I was bawling like a baby. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> but it was that moment where we got to be real with one another. And I think that we don't do that very often very well um, because of maybe it might feel embarrassing or you walk into a space and you're already having prejudgments of, this is a, a candlelit room with a cross it's weird looking to the rest of the world. That is a strange place to feel so safe and so together. And yet every person that I talked to on our trip, that was our favorite night of everything because we were real with one another. And that's something I think that we'll get to hold on to forever. So, haha, you weren't there. Sorry, just joking, guys. Okay, so then we left for outreach. We have this awesome four days of camp where we just felt like God was moving and now we get to take it. And so they take us to church on Sunday, and of all the places that the speaker was from that day, Woodland, Washington. You guys, we were in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and what? The speaker's from Woodland, Washington? And does someone want to say what his verse was that he spoke on? Has anyone got that? Here, Libby's got it. Go forth and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So again, we're like, okay, God, we get it. We're supposed to go and make disciples. We hear you. And honestly, it was so good. The speaker came up to us after, and he was a neat guy and prayed for us and kind of sent us off with like four main points to go and evangelize. 
So on outreach, we helped UGM, so it's Union Gospel Mission, and they're huge in Spokane area. They've got uh, three different shelters, one for just uh, homeless men, and I think they house like 200 a night. And then they have two women's shelters that we didn't get to go and visit. Uh, and then throughout the week, we helped at their thrift shops. Some of us helped. Uh, they have an RV park that we helped clean up. Uh, and then they also have a dealership where people donate their used cars and then they sell them for profit. So we got to help with that. And then we also, every single day, we went out and evangelized. That was new to me. And it was awesome. I think God met us in a lot of ways. And I think we also had a lot of fails. So does anyone want to talk about a fail that they had on outreach? Uh, so one time I went up to these people and I was getting ready to pray for them. And I said, hey, how's your day going? Do you need to pray for anything? And then they just zoomed away on their Lime scooters. <laughs> I was in a group with Austin and he's not here, so I'm going to share it. Um, but... <laughs> Austin and Austin and another kid who came, um, his name was Van, um, they started going over to this one lady, and we're going to go pray for her, but they both started running at her, and like, <laughs> and um, so Van kind of backed away and let Austin go, but he just kept running, and then like <laughs> stopped and like started walking once he was like this far away from it, from her, <laughs> and so I mean like, it looked like he was just running at her, and then stopped walk, and then like started walking. It was like, "Hey, what's your name? Can I pray for you?" Or he didn't even say, "Can I pray for you?" Yet he was like, "Hey, what's your name?" And she was like, "I think I'm a little bit too old for you." <laughs> and he was like, "No, no, no! Can I pray for you?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm too old for you. Sorry." <laughs> um, I was also in a group with Austin. Um. <laughs> And we were in a coffee shop, and there was this girl that was working in the coffee shop named Emily, and he kept asking her, how was your day? How is she doing? Blah, 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 blah. And she kept just walking away from him. And he kept looking at me, and he was like, Maya, she keeps leaving me. And I was like, but Austin, you kind of get to the point. So um, he just kept going, okay, well, how's your day going? And blah, blah, blah. And so it was just really funny because he was like, trying to get her attention, and she just kept leaving him, so. Um, I'm sharing one for JL. She isn't here. Um, she was it, like this Panda Express, and she went up to this lady eating there, and she asked if, like, they needed prayer or anything, and, the, like, the lady just said, I don't want to talk to you. And that's the beauty of it, is these kids got rejected numerous times, and yet we're like, no, God has said, go and make disciples. And so how am I going to do that? You have another one, Brody? I'm going to share. Oh, you don't think I'm, I, yeah. I led with evangelizing is not my strong suit. What you guys don't know is that Sunday morning, when the speaker from Woodland, he was like, you have no excuses to not go. And I'm like, but, but I do. I suck at it. Here's how much I suck at it. I'm an adult. If everyone didn't know that, I'm 29 years old. I'm an adult. I am in a group with Brody and JL. And Brody goes, you should go talk to that girl. I'm like, okay. Let me set the scene for you guys. She is by herself. 
she's 15, I know this because I asked her age, <laughs> by herself near a pathway, and I think it's a great idea to lead with, hi, what's your name, how old are you, as an adult? <laughs> the kids let me know that that was the wrong way and that was the perfect way to be really creepy. So I walked away because she didn't want to talk to me. And then I might have shed a tear because I was like so embarrassed that I did that. Okay, but again, God met us in some really awesome ways. And so do you guys have some stories of where maybe you didn't fail on outreach? Um, I got to talk to this one girl. We were in, I was in a group with Hannah and Cadence. And we got to talk to this one girl, and she was just really nice. And when we asked her if she needed prayer for anything, like, she said for school, she was 17, and she was going into her second year of college, I'm pretty sure. And um, she was just really kind, and after we prayed for her, then she gave us all hugs, and it was, she was just really kind. So we're walking through like this, what was it? Was it a thing? It was just like an art festival. Market, art market thing, art market. <laughs> and I walk by this caramel stand, I hear this lady Shout out free samples. So, of course, I turn around and go back. <laughs> and I got a free sample. And I asked her if there was anything I could pray for her. And she said no. But then she said she was also a Christian. Then she, like, talked about something for 20 minutes. I still don't know what she was talking about. <laughs> and then in the end... We prayed for her, and she prayed for us, and then I got a free bag of caramel. So I prayed for this guy, and um, he said he really didn't need prayer for anything because his life was already going good because... Um, Originally, his grandma's RV got caught on fire, and then uh, they were going from house to house, and they really didn't have anywhere to stay. But, and, and then uh, the parents said, Jesus, if you're real, give us a house. So a few days later, they, had, they got a place to stay, and he also had a dream that someone was going to pray for him, so I prayed for him. Uh, we went up to this guy in the mall, and uh, we went to pray for him, and he needed prayer for his dad because his dad was kind of just like, he said his dad was crazy. He didn't believe in Jesus, and he thought the world was flat. So, uh, so uh, I prayed for him, and then after he hugged me in van because he was just really changed by it. We were in the mall. I was in a group with Kayla and Van, and we're in the mall, and we like go buy this chocolate shop. <laughs> and Van had never had a chocolate truffle before, so Kayla bought us chocolate. <laughs> and then me and Kayla completely forgot what we were doing. We we're just focused on the chocolate. But Van asked the lady at the register, "Can we pray for you?" 
and she started crying because she was starting co college and going away from home for the first time. So we prayed for her. Yeah, so Van, they keep talking about, uh, two, yep, and there was MJ, the brother and sister, and they, their mom just sent them on this trip with no one that they knew. So we just absorbed them into our group, and they are such awesome kids, and so we got to hang out with them for 10 days, and we're still in a group chat, and he's, I think, online maybe right now, so if he's on there, hey, Van, hey, MJ. Um, yeah, you guys sound really excited, like you miss him. Um <laughs> There it is. There, see, there it is. Um, no, on outreach, like I said, it's just, it was a strange mix of feeling like you had failures and then, well, yeah, and Saya from Seattle. Hey, Saya. Um, but it was a weird mix of having these failures and feeling like, well, no, but that's just me feeling like embarrassed or they don't, I want them to know Jesus still. It's worth it to take the risk to do it again. And, and we got cool stories out of it. Uh, one day, Alex and I saw that like a there was a big huge group playing spike ball, and it was like, well, we want to play spike ball. We love spike ball, and no offense, our competition at home, at our group was a little bit weak, so we thought we'd seek out some real competition. And again, I'm the adult on the trip, and I was having reservations about evangelizing because it's it it's such a external thing for me, and I have such a I want someone to like me. It's not necessarily what God asks of me, but I just, I have that in me. And so I had failed several times that day and I was just feeling like, God, why are we on outreach? Why am I doing this? As an adult, I'm asking these questions. Alex says, let's go play spike ball. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So we get there. I ask the two guys their names. They're like 16 and 12. The 16 year old was like ripped. We knew it was really good for us. His name was, was it, was that Miles? His name was Miles. That's my son's name. And I just felt like, that's weird. And then we go, oh, what's your name? And the other kid's name is Hayden. That's my brother's name. And so I just felt like God was like, look it. I gave you people that you can remember their names. You now can like already know something about them and have a relationship with them just by being obedient and going. We won't talk about how the game went, but it was fun. <laughs> they cheated a little bit. They did. They cheated. They cheated. Jesus loves them anyway. But the coolest part is that we got to ask them if they needed prayer after. And they knew Jesus already. They were actually there as a part of a church group. And it was awesome. I felt like God meted up, uh, met us when we needed it, where there was these people that then could kind of return and pray for us. There was a group of us playing an awesome new game called Newcomb. We were just about to start on the beach at Coeur d'Alene, and there was this couple passing through, and we're like, do you guys want to play? And they didn't have time, and they had said that their kids were at a camp. So I'm like, oh, your kids are at a camp? What kind of camp? Well, they were at a church camp, and then this couple, they're like, oh, what are you guys doing? We're like, well, we're a part of a camp right now. YWAM camp. And this lady, God had told her two times that week already, had highlighted YWAM to her. And then we were the third time YWAM had been highlighted to that lady. And she just thought, I wonder why. And again, it was out of us just saying, let's play, let's hang out. It wasn't this like, you need to know Jesus. It's this really easy place to start a conversation from. And so 
they got to pray for us, and she gave me a big, like, mom hug afterwards. And again, Jesus just meeting us all over the place um, every day on outreach, even when we were tired and failing. He succeeded. So on our trip, we, like I said, had a lot of awesome times, but I have one last takeaway question for you guys, if you would so answer. What did Jesus do on this trip in your heart that will make tomorrow different? What's the biggest difference from coming back from camp? Does anyone have an answer for that? Um, I kind of felt like more moved to be able to like talk to people about Jesus here, like at home, and like share with them like my testimony and how I met him. And I thought that would just be kind of like cool to come home and be able to talk to him. Yeah, and I just think that like now I can be more real with people and like. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just be real with like my friends and just other people and we can have good conversations and yeah just be real with each other I feel like uh, it's just brought me closer to Jesus and everyone in the youth group and the community yeah I feel a lot closer to Jesus too now I feel like I have my own relationship with Jesus. Like, it's not shared with someone else. Like, it feels like my own. Awesome. And that's, like, what you want, right, from a trip is, like, kids to experience Jesus, but then also that closeness with each other because Jesus put us in community for a reason. And so my heart for these kids was uh, changed, too. I think uh, anybody that's, like, a parent of a kid, you have to have a certain level of trust, right? Like, Jesus, I trust you because I'm going to screw this up at some point. I feel that in a role to these kids too. I, I don't want to mess this up for them. I'm their youth pastor. That's stressful. I remember everything that my youth pastor did for me, good and bad. But on this trip, I heard Jesus tell me, trust me for your kids. And I think that that's what happened this week is I just let go of that. And Jesus took care of you guys because that's who he is. He takes care of us when we need him to. And when we say, I'm done trying to do it myself, and you let him move and work in you, it's amazing. Anyway, sorry. That was what I've got. Um, do you want to, do you have anything that you learned from Camp David that you wanted to, like, uh, semi-cry about? I was just going to echo McKinsey. Here. When we were, oh, because the online people. The, the online people. The online people need me to have a mic. Um, I was just going to echo Mackenzie. On the prayer night, Mackenzie and I were sitting off to the side, not weeping openly. Uh, and it was just so peaceful to see these kids um, love each other. And it wasn't like a superficial, oh, if I pray, I'm going to look cool. It, a lot of it was really behind the scenes. Kids were walking around the outside to get to who they were trying to get to. And then they were sitting in a corner and they were praying, and then they were leaving and going back to where they were on the... It wasn't, I'm going to cut through the middle, and everybody's going to see me go and pray for live. It was, I have something on my heart. I'm going to go over to where I need to be, and I'm going to pray it, and then I'm going to get out of there because it's not about me, it's about God. And to see that with 
these guys and the other seven, they were cool too. It was just, it was really, really impactful. It was very, very cool. Cody's the real MVP. Short arms. Okay. So I'm going to have the band come up and then we'll, we'll close out eventually. You know, you guys can make your way quietly up here. It's not distracting at all. With the, the chairs, we will move, Justice. Don't worry about the chairs. I got it. But we just wanted to say thank you to everyone who helped us get to camp financially through your prayers. Whether you were a, a physical vehicle dropping a student off, we just really appreciate your heart for getting us to do something that really, I think, speaking on the whole group, changed our lives in a really awesome way. And being able to partner with something like YWAM to have them run a program that I think we would be happy to go back again and do because it was really awesome. So thank you guys. Um, we're just really grateful for a church that can send us out and love us well when we get back. But I think that we can share all we want, but if it doesn't hit for anyone that we've shared it with, it kind of feels like it falls short. Like our lives were changed and Jesus is happy about that. But this is the commission, right, is to go and make disciples. And so I think with us and how it was highlighted over and over again, it just feels like for you guys, what does that mean to you to go and make disciples? That's not something that you're just sending out teenagers because teenagers are active and they'll go and they're the next generation. No, that means you guys too is go and make disciples. So what, what are you doing today? What are you doing tomorrow to go and make disciples? You don't have to go on a mission trip and you don't have to be on an outreach thing and you don't have to do all of these conventional things, but how are you sharing Jesus with someone else? Because what is that gift to us if we just keep it for ourselves? It feels really strange that we would get something so awesome and so consuming and so life-changing that we wouldn't share it with anyone. So that's a challenge I have for you guys. I realize that we're in a church building, that we're at a Sunday morning service. And so to make claims and say, go and be, feels really hard when you walk out of these walls and the world is the world. But that's not what Jesus called us to do. He said, go and make disciples, every one of us. That's not the missionaries. That's not the, the people that felt called and the big scheme to go across the world. That is us walking out into Longview, Washington, to Kelso and being Jesus to people because they need to know him because it changes our lives when we step out in obedience God meets us there and he might meet us with a fail and then we have to pick ourselves up because it's not about us and then we have awesome stories and these guys are middle schoolers they are young and for the world to send them out and say do it and God showed up what more would he do for you he will do it because he is so good so now we're going to give you a, an opportunity to maybe step out. Not like not like a big step. We want little steps. Um, Jacob, the Moats' oldest, is actually leaving for boot camp. Um, and we'd like to, to pray for him. So, Jacob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to come sit at this table all alone. Hopefully you won't be alone for long. But if you are somebody who doesn't usually go and pray, do it. Just take a step. This is, this is the easiest place to take a step. Trust me. But... Um, He's going to be there. The band's going to play a song. You can take communion at your table as you see fit. But, yeah, just listen to what God's saying.